Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Your Ben Jarofsky show for this Wednesday, October 8th begins now. Today, Ben welcomes back two of his favorite guests of all time, none other than Monroe Anderson and Roderick Sawyer. The Ben Jarofsky Show is a presentation of the Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for everything there is to know in the city of Chicago. If you want to know what to do, where to go, what to eat, what to drink, you want to stay updated on arts and culture in the city of Chicago, you need to head to ChicagoReader.com because you can find all that and a whole lot more. And if you want more Ben Jarofsky, you can find that there too. Just head to chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky. That's J-O-R-A-V as in victory, S-K-Y. Hello again, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this No Mercy Wednesday, and here's why. Man, for a while there, I thought I forgot what day it was. Things are going so crazy. All right, so uh, I got the great former alderman Rod Sawyer standing by. We're going to talk Chicago politics, and people are going to go, where's Monroe? He's coming. He'll be here. We'll be talking national politics with Monroe. A lot of Trump talk, a lot of election talk from last night, all that trash talking Republicans have been doing for the last two weeks. I don't hear him trash talking anymore. Now, here's the thing about trash talk, ladies and gentlemen. If you can't back it up, don't do it. All right. That's just kind of my philosophy about trash talk, right, sir? All right. So let me do this setup before I bring Rod on, former alderman of the Sixth Ward, son of uh, Eugene Sawyer. So the guy knows a little bit about politics in Chicago. So yesterday's city council meeting. Wow. Uh, that's the one where, on one hand, uh, the city council voted to put uh, bring Chicago home uh, on the ballot uh, so the voters get to decide whether they want to slap that tax or increase the tax on the sale of the most expensive property in the city of Chicago. I give everybody else a bit of a tax break. Uh, they did not put other uh, questions on the ballot, including the sanctuary question. Should Chicago remain a sanctuary city? Uh, Alderman Raymond Lopez and Anthony Beal, Alderman uh, Anthony Beal the ninth and Ray Lope of the 15th wanted it on. And they did not censure Carlos Ramirez Rosa, alderman of the 35th Ward. Uh, and that's what uh, Rod and I will be discussing. So let me do that setup. We talked about it yesterday while it was happening. I was interviewing uh, Stacey Davis Gates while it was happening. Went back and watched the city council proceedings. Fascinating proceedings, like a chess game. A legislative chess game, Rod Sawyer. Uh, and Brendan Riley, who's, I guess, kind of like the brains behind... Well, that's unfair to Raylo and Bale. They're all collective brains behind this pretty thing. All right. They all share a brain. All right. <laughs> Brendan Riley, though, he was the front guy on this one. Mm-hmm. Brendan Riley, longtime alderman, 42nd Ward, downtown alderman. He had Brandon Johnson on the ropes. Use a boxing metaphor. Rod Sawyer, he had him on the ropes. I'll set it up. Brandon Johnson's hand picked. Council uh, floor leader, 
Carlos Ramirez Rosa had to put it mildly behaved. This is a euphemism poorly uh, in his role as a floor leader. Now I forgave him yesterday and the bar is pretty low on the Ben Jaroski show. As I told Rod, if you come on my show at a drop of a hat and talk politics, I pretty much forgive almost anything you do, but most of the people in the city council aren't hosts of a podcast uh, and they have a little different bar. And Carlos has been abusive to them, they said. He's been rude to them. He's bullied them. Uh, Emma Mitz got on the floor, uh, alderwoman of the 37th Ward, gave a very passionate uh, recitation of what went down last Thursday, how she felt mistreated and abused uh, by Carlos Ramirez Rosa. Now, coming into that speech, I will remind people, Carlos Ramirez Rosa had already stepped down as floor leader, one, Stepped down from his position as zoning chair to after Emma Mitz gave that passionate speech on the council floor, he stood up and unabashedly apologized to her, Nicole Lee, Felix Cardona. I, I can't remember if there's any other. Dahlia Farrell, Chris, Chris, Dahlia Farrell. Thank you, Rod. Mm -hmm. He apologized. And it wasn't like a Trump apology. It wasn't like, well, you know, uh, uh, I'm kind of apologizing because they're making no. It was a straight-up apology. I screwed up. It was. I will learn from this lesson. I have. He had. Get, he lost everything, ladies and gentlemen. There was nothing else to lose. The man apologized. Emma Mitz. Rod, I'm an old softy. I admit it. I'm getting so sentimental in my age. I had a tear. When she went up and hugged him, okay, I was like, oh, my God, this is like a Hallmark moment. <laughs> I was like... Old softy Stacey Davis Gates was laughing at me. Anyway, um, so you would think that would be enough. This is me talking. You would think that would be enough. But no, <laughs> Chicago City Councils, man, there's no sentimentality. Nobody's crying in the city council. They moved to censure him, which is a, a like a slap on the wrist. It's a lay, it's not, it's not the permanent, it's not a fine, it's not like they suspend you, it's not like in basketball, you know, like remember uh, old boy from the Bucks, he undercut a uh, uh, Caruso and the Bulls, knocked him out for six weeks. He got what a one-day suspension. One day suspension, no, yeah. One day, but by the way, what a what a ridiculous suspension. What NBA? Okay, that's a tangent, but Rod, I still haven't gotten over that. So uh they had a like, no, 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 we're gonna we're gonna embarrass you. So the vote came down. It was tied. No, it was 25 to 24, not to censor him. Okay. But Carlos. Ben, ahead, if I can, let me uh interject a little bit and good evening, good afternoon, everyone. Hello. Um right before that, uh, there was some additional parliamentary maneuvers that didn't go quite as expected. Go talk. The first one was Alderman attempted to, and with the support of Mayor Johnson, attempted to state that the order, the, the proposed censure was out of order because it did not occur on the day that offensive act. Okay, hold on. Time out. Monroe Anderson has joined us, ladies and gentlemen. Monroe Anderson has joined us. So, Rod, continue uh, with your recitation. Go. Sir, thank you, Ben. And, and good afternoon, Monroe. Hey, uh, hey, hey. Well, I want to just make sure that we get the full account of what happened. Alderman Hopkins, right before this, had uh, attempted to declare the censure motion out of order. 
because it did not occur on the same day as the offense occurred. Okay. Uh, obviously, you know, the offense occurred and the meeting was adjourned prematurely. So nothing could occurred could have occurred on that day. Right. That but fast, yeah, so fast forward to the day, the mayor agreed with Alderman Hopkins and there were some impassioned pleas by others on the floor. I believe Alderwoman Scott and I think Alderwoman Lee stepped up and then Alderman Lopez asked to appeal the decision of the chair. The mayor lost the decision to appeal before the chair and then it became up for a vote. Okay. Then this is where I have an issue with a couple of people. And I think we talked about this previously. I think that's where our discussion might go today. Okay. Um, one, uh, I know you mentioned uh, Alderman Brendan Riley, who's a very intelligent man, uh, very sharp on, on rules. Um, and quite honestly, I, I did agree with him with the caveat. And I did agree with him because I think the motion was in order. And I think that a censure should have taken place. All right, wait, let me let me go back and okay. we'll set it up. And then sure. you come right, because now we're at the setup. So the mayor yes. had lost the vote. Uh, he mayor tried to stifle his censor motion. Mm-hmm. He lost. So he now lost. it's before the body. Yes. Uh, and it's 25 to 24, with Carlos being one of the 25. So the vote is not to censure. You got that, listeners? The yes. vote is not to censure. Carlos, however, is one of the 25. Now, if at that moment, Brandon Riley, Anthony B, Raylo, my old friend Raylo, if they had walked away, it would have been a 25 to 24 vote not to censure, and Brandon Johnson would not have had to get directly involved. But what they did, Brandon Riley got up, and I got to give him credit, Rod. The man knows Robert's rules of order. Yes, he does. And I give and him he, that, absolutely, give him that all credit due to him. And he was correct. He, if he the rule, if, if our he, rules do not specifically state uh, an occurrence, we have to depend on Robert's rules of order, which I, that's why I always kept a copy with me. I still have a copy with me now. No, you the said he, he, I still have the city's rules right here in front of me. I, I still keep them because of, you know, just personal edification. So here's the rule. And I always, uh, Ron mm-hmm. Sawyer was so nice to send this to me. Uh, so again, once again, ladies and gentlemen, just so you're following, this is complicated. Carlos had voted on the censure motion against him, but the rule is members of the legislator who have been censured are required to give up any committee chairs they hold like a reprimand. A censure does not remove a member from their office. So as they retain, uh, Oh, this is the wrong. I'm reading the wrong. No, thing. you read. got to read the other one for Robert's rules of order. Rules of order. Yeah. And I can I can state it if you like. Then I know yeah, it. He, the bottom line is he can't vote on his own censure. You cannot vote on your own censure. You cannot, you cannot vote. Okay. Uh so Brandon Riley yeah, stood up. One vote off to 25 to make it 24, 24. 24. And I remember him standing up. I watched it, Rod. He stood up and he's looking at the mayor. He goes, "Mayor, you know the Robert rules of order." And the mayor had two lawyers huddling with him, <laughs> and he was trying to maintain he was correct, but but. Uh, Brennan Riley was was absolutely correct in his interpretation. So we all agree is, yes. that mm-hmm. Brennan Riley was correct, that Mayor Johnson was wrong, that Carlos Ramirez Rosa should not have been allowed to vote on his own censorship. There is no, no questioning that, okay? 
I'm not Donald Trump. I'm not going to see something and then question its existence. I'm not going to say there are more people at my inauguration than Obama's inauguration, even though the picture shows it. I'm not like that, Ron. My mm-hmm. question is, should Brendan Riley have done that? Because what it did was it forced, it was tied 24-24. Once they removed Carlos's vote, it was 24-24 that made Brandon Johnson step in mm-hmm. and vote with Carlos not to censure him, putting him in a very precarious situation where he could upset a lot of people who voted for him in the in the uh, May ele- or in the uh, uh, April election. So, if there was mercy in the city council, Brendan Johnson would have uh, Brendan Johnson, uh, Brendan Riley would have just walked away. But this is not a place where mercy reigns, Rod Sawyer. This is doggy dog Chicago City Council, and he forced. Mayor Johnson to make that vote. Well, and this is vote. and this is where I have the problem slightly with Brendan Riley, but more so with uh, Alderman Ramirez Rosa. And this is why I say this. Uh, I'm going to start my statement by saying I support the mayor of Chicago 100%. You know, not the person, the position. I support that position, and I want them to be successful. Wherever the mayor is of the city of Chicago, as a resident and as a citizen. Uh, I support the mayor of the city of Chicago. Now, with the issue regarding Alderman Riley, he was correct. Factually, he was legally correct. But I think that that was an issue where you could have taken that correctness and talked to Corporation Council, the mayor, and worked something out. My bigger issue is with Alderman Ramirez Rosa. Now, with this censure, since Alderman Rosa had agreed to step down, he agreed to abdicate his chair of zoning. There was nothing else left uh, regarding the censure for them to do but say, bad boy, bad alderman, uh, you have to sit here and take it, go back to your seat. If you were a true uh, supporter of the mayor, of Mayor Johnson's administration, you could have taken that, taken all the air out of everybody that wanted to criticize that, don't make the mayor make the position that he had to make yesterday. Everybody, we not we would not be talking about this today, Ben. You would have been talking about something altogether different. This issue would have died and the mayor could have been in place. But now he's at odds because of the hearing, not just because of this central motion, but because of the underlying issue that was at issue and it's coming up again tomorrow. And it's the migrant crisis. And the migrant crisis is increasingly developing a schism or chasm between the black and Latino communities. And we don't want that to happen. And in order to save the mayor, he could have fallen on the sword, taken that nothing. And and you were reading the, uh, what I sent you earlier uh, regarding censure, Mm -hmm. nothing else was going to happen to him. Nothing was going to occur outside of what had already occurred. And he could have saved the mayor the embarrassment, the potential embarrassment and uncomfortable situation that he's been placed in right now. Wait, time out. So just so I understand you, uh, Carlos could have, what could he do? Could he have just asked when the censor vote came up? Could he have just uh, said what? Don't, I'm going to, don't vote I for I agree. Me. I Let vote for myself. Purge me, Noomsi. Purge me, Noomsi. And I make a, a Eddie Murphy reference to one of my wow. favorite movies. You know, he could have been purged and just accepted that censure, went before the well, and the mayor would chastise him, and he would go back to his seat, and council would resume. 
No, it's, in other words, I'm, I'm going to set it up. I'm going to follow yes. up, and then we're going to ask Monroe if he's ever seen anything like this because I'm picking up on this. This is actually – so what he could have done. So he gave the apology. Yes. And, and after having and the apology – Very sincere I, apology, by the way. The problem, I agree. And then he could have said – and he goes, you know what, guys? It's not enough that I lost uh, my uh, chair of the zoning. It's not enough. Uh, that I had to step down as floor leader. What I did was so egregious that I want to go a step further. I want you to officially censor me. I support Scott Wagesback's proposal that I get censored because when you behave as obnoxiously as I behaved, you deserve a slap on the wrist. Now, I don't if believe I, was, I should be forced to step down like Rayla wanted him to step down. Yeah, and I that's also a provision in that in that in that uh, rule. There is an uh, that is also a part of that provision, but. I figured they would just do this one just to censor him. All right. So before I go to Monroe, Rod, have you ever seen a politician do anything remotely like what I just said uh, Carlos should have done? Well, I was in the council when Verdoliak had the run-in with uh, Reverend Coleman, Slim Coleman. I was there many, many, many years ago. I was there that day too. Go yeah, ahead. So yeah. uh, outside of that and December 2nd, I, I, you know, I haven't seen too much. I've never seen anybody just hit me again. What, what uh, Rod's alluding to is in 1986, I want to say. I yes. uh, said something uh, disparaging of Slim Coleman, who's an activist and an ally of Mayor Washington. This is back in the day at Council Wars. And Slim Coleman was in the galleries and this is hilarious, Rod. Tim Coleman was like, made, first of all, he made sure people were grabbing him so he couldn't right. get it's like a basketball <laughs> fight. Somebody, everybody Wait, hold me. Me. Okay. Oh, are they holding me? Good. Oh, I'm gonna, <laughs> let me at him. Let me at him. And then Verdoliak's like, oh, come on. You want me? You want a piece of me? Come, come on. on. Bring it. I'm like, God damn. I, I don't know who would lose this fight if they had a Verdoliak. I mean, Slim had to reach on him. You know, he's a tall guy. But Fast Eddie was Fast Eddie for a reason. Right. Uh, but I've never seen a politician do what you're, uh, what you suggest. Although it would be when you, when if you're well, really going mean, to take again, well, if you if you're really trying to support the mayor who is in a a contentious situation right now with the migrant crisis, if you want to support him, support him, stand on that. I mean, as opposed to trying to save yourself or save the issue, save the mayor's uh, reputation. Let him, you know not be in a position to make an awkward decision. All right. We're going to let, let that's where I, and that's really where I stand on that. All right. So it's one-to-one. -one. I'm going to say, I've never seen a politician do that. Uh, I can't expect Carlos to do it. Uh, Rod takes the position. He does Monroe. You're the deciding vote. Uh, you can go with Rod and he wins two to one, or you can go with me. No pressure on you, Monroe. Don't buckle. No pressure, Monroe. Uh, so how, how do you see it, Monroe? Okay. First of all, I had a situation like that with Burke, Ed Burke, mm -hmm. uh, when Ed was going to run for mayor. Mm -hmm. And I was interviewed by the Tribune about it. And I said he was a pariah and he didn't have a chance. And he was furious. So we were going to the Purple Cruise, a Cup's Purple Cup, Cruise. Yeah. Cup's Cup, Purple Cruise. Cup, Cup, yeah. Purple, Purple Cruise, Cruise. Yeah. And he saw me and started cursing me out and saying he ought to kick my ass. And, you know, I'm going, come on, you know, <laughs> bring it on. Now, you know, I had Sawyer, Mayor Sawyer's 
bodyguard. He had his bodyguard. <laughs> oh, we could have, we could have said, well, oh, it would have been a melee. could beat your bodyguards. <laughs> it's really what. It, it was a fake fight like that, also. Yeah. Okay, now um, the thing that I'm wondering, and I'm not mm. avoiding your question. I'm just adding on to it. Go ahead. Is uh-huh. would this have occurred under a Mayor Daly or a Mayor Emanuel? Rod, go. You you served under both of them. Take it away. Well, I think it would have been worked out beforehand. It would have been settled beforehand. And that's what I was alluding to. It should have been settled beforehand. And they would have done something acceptable. And it seemed like there was a course to go because Carlos had already advocated his two very, very powerful positions floor leader and chair of zoning. Uh, he could have just, you know, nothing else is going to happen to him after that. If you give those up, censure is like, okay, don't do it again. Right. That's all that was left. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll take it one step further and get uh, Rod and Monroe. Since, since you posed a question like that, Monroe, yes. I'll go back to Thursday where the meeting went down. Yeah. And, um, so the meeting was a special meeting called to discuss whether Chicago put, should put on the ballot a, re, a question asking residents if they want to get rid of Chicago's status as a sanctuary city. All right. Uh, now, as I've said on this mic many times, that actual question and issue has bears no relationship to the issue of what to do with Venezuelan uh, immigrants who are being bused into Chicago. It will not solve that in any way. Greg Abbott will still be busing people in Chicago. It's the most meaningless question to put to people, give people a false sense of their own power. It is absolute demagoguery. In my humble opinion, Rod Sawyer and Raylo and Anthony Beal, you know, you know what you're up to, guys. I, You know as well as I do what you're up to. That said, (laughs) <laughs> there's strong sentiment for it in the city of Chicago right now, especially in the black community. So mayor Johnson had a choice on Thursday. He could have himself Rod Sawyer gotten on the phone and called all of his supporters, all the committee chairs that uh, got their committee assignments. When he was the mayor, he could have called all the black aldermen in the city council. He could have said, please, I'm asking you don't show up to that meeting because it'll really put me in a terrible position or put the city of Chicago in a terrible position. If we have, I'm asking you for, for me, okay. To do this. I'm not punishing you. I'm just asking you. It's an ask. Instead, he didn't do that. He let Carlos be the bad guy. He put, (laughs) and Carlos screwed it up every which way. We all know how he screwed it up, Rod. So if you're really, I mean, if you want to get at like, Rod, Carlos kind of took a fall. In a way, uh, he did. He did. I agree with that. But I mean, there's a certain way that, like you just stated, Ben, there's a certain thing that you have to ask. You know, you you can't demand that because now you're asking me to give up my right as a legislator to appear before a body that I'm responsible to appear before and not do something. So that ask has got to come with a whole lot of conditions. And and be honest with you. Those conditions have to benefit my ward and my city in order for me to accommodate you on some kind on that type of request. You know, Carlos can't make that request to me. It's got to be somebody from the executive office to make that request. And you got to give me a real reason to do that because you're asking me to advocate my responsibility as a councilman to be on that floor. Anytime that the council is called, I am going to be there. 
Yeah. You, you know what it reminds me of, Rod? And I don't know if you were in the council at this stage, but it's a Brendan Riley thing. So Mayor Daly wanted to put the Children's Museum in Grant Park. I was not there, but I remember it well. Okay, and Brennan Riley was a baby alderman, a rookie alderman in the 42nd Ward, and his constituents did not want that museum. So he took a stand against Mayor Daly, and that is what we call an aldermanic prerogative, where the alderman is supposed to be king or queen of uh, zoning decisions is his ward. And Mayor Daly told the alderman, you're voting with me. I don't care about alderman and prerogative. I'm the boss of the city. Brendan Riley's just another alderman. And he got a majority of the aldermen to uh, abandon alderman and prerogative as a, a principal. But I remember well, alderman let telling me, Let me challenge you a little bit on that, Ben. Go ahead. Because based on your own statement, Brendan Riley was responding to the, the cry of his constituents to say they yes. did not want that there. Yes. And when we talk about automatic prerogative, I want us to be careful because, you know, as a former alderman, I know that if my community wants something and I'm not, you know, it, with, in that degree of, of agitation and engagement, I better damn well better respond to them or I'm going to be out of office. Absolutely. So what you consider prerogative, I'm considering I'm just match, managing the will of my people that, that have made it known that I need to address this. Right. I, I with first of all, I believe in alderman a prerogative. Bless you. I believe I told if an alderman is I don't up, believe in abuse of it. I agree, and I agree with you, Ben. Well, I don't believe in abuse of anything. Abuse of I anything. Mean, that, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I right. mean, it's like, but it's like it, who? But at all, I would rather have an alderman than a bureaucrat determine uh, the zoning issue in my ward because I, first of all, I can vote against the alderman. I can't vote against the bureaucrat. Right. Uh, and uh, so right. I was with Alderman Riley. Brandon, you must remember that. I wrote. Oh, yeah, I remember. Columns. I mean, you wrote Yes, Alderman you did. Yeah. Mick Dumkey, too, my old partner yeah. in crime. That's right. So, um, uh, so but what, what Alderman told me, Rod, is like to, to abandon the principle of Alderman and prerogative and vote with Daly over Riley. They go, they told me, Ben, here's what I'm going to do. Yeah, I'm going to vote with Daly, but I'm going to get something for it. You what? I mean, it was off the record. I'm like, I'm gonna get some TIF money. I remember this one alderman. I got this TIF deal on my my ward, and you could be damn sure I'm gonna get that. Swap that vote. So it would have been a similar thing, to your point. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it's got to be negotiated. No doubt about it. It's it's you know, people always criticize people being transactional, but that's when it benefits the individual communities that you represent. Uh, okay, so uh, Rod, uh, I'm gonna put this to you. Monroe and I agreed before we went on the show that you should be the floor leader. There's only one problem: uh, you are you're no longer an alderman, uh, but you have many of the traits. I've known you for a long time uh, that I believe uh, a floor leader should uh, have, uh, particularly in these contentious times. Well, uh, Ben, that's you know, I appreciate that and. Uh, I don't know if so that's how we for that. I know the uh, Congress doesn't require you to be a member in order to be speaker, but <laughs> you hear that, Mayor Johnson? He's saying basically he'll take the job if you call him. I got his number. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, all right. So here's the question for you: How would you have handled it? How would you have handled that situation on Thursday, uh, where Mayor Johnson is asking you to do what you can to keep them from getting a quorum so that they can't have an official meeting to get that position on the books, but you're not going to stand in the doorway. You're not going to threaten people uh, zoning issues in their ward, et cetera. How would you have handled it diplomatically? Go. I would, first of all, I would have brought uh, Bill and Lopez in the room 
with maybe a couple of, you know, with with uh, Rosa and maybe one other person. And we, you know, first of all, let's have a conversation and see where we are. What is the different, you know, what's different between what I'm proposing and what you're proposing? Is there a happy medium, first of all? Because we're, we're negotiators, first and foremost, as, as elected officials, we're trying to work this out where both parties will come out a little bit mad. You know, that's what I learned about negotiation in law school. A, a perfect negotiation where both sides don't come out fully satisfied, either side. So you work on that first before you, you go to ulterior motives like trying to get people not to put, go in a room or trying to uh, delay the vote. What we're missing is that, you know, and I thought, and I'll say this, Ben, and I know I might get in trouble with saying this, and that when we, this new administration, I wanna make sure that they're about transparency and, and freedom of thought, as opposed to just switching one boss with another boss, you know? So I don't want us to do the same things that last other administrations have done, like holding votes, like, uh, you know, multiple quorum calls during the course of the meeting. Those are, those are plays that you do when you don't want anything to come to the floor or anything to come to the people, more importantly, come to the people to make a decision on. That's why I don't like, and that's why I think that the whole issue of what we do, how we govern needs to be blown up and reset and start all over again. And that's a whole nother topic of another conversation, Ben, but the problem that we have is that we have rules and, and ordinances now that encourage uh, hiding, you know, hiding the ball, for example, as opposed to bringing it out and everybody make an informed decision. We don't do that. We, uh, far too often we hide things or we obfuscate things and we want to make sure that we cut it short because we have the ball. It's, you know, we're playing the game and we want to have control of the game. And I, I didn't think that's what this new enlightenment was supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about transparency. It's supposed to be about us taking it to the people making uh, informed decisions based on the, the masses of the individuals that are affected by what we're doing. And we're not having that right now. Mm -hmm. And we didn't have it then, and I thought we were gonna have that, and we're not having it now. We just switched a boss with another boss. And that's where I stand on it right now. All right, uh, I think you just lost your job as a uh, floor leader. <laughs> I think uh, I just did. I think that out the window. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, we'll, uh, I'm going to close, uh, let you go with this question. And this is probably should be a full show. Uh, but uh, so people, Rod Sawyer is uh, a Chicagoan through and through. His father was the former mayor of the city of Chicago. Uh, Monroe was that mayor's press secretary. Uh, and uh, Rod Sawyer was the alderman of the Sixth Ward, which is on the south side in Chatham. Uh, so if there's a guy who knows sort of the, at least the south side pretty well, well I, it's I Rod Sawyer. I know the city pretty well. He knows the city, yeah. He knows like this hot dog place on the far northwest side. Remember I was at the radio station before I got fired. He came on the show. He goes, oh, there's this hot dog place. I'm like, oh, my corned beef place. Oh, my corned beef place. Hey, down yeah, my, yeah, your corned beef. Yeah. So, so Rod, yeah. uh, so talk about the issue and how it's received uh, among uh, in the black community regarding uh, the so-called immigration crisis and why well, it's such a volatile issue go. Very simply, Ben, the issue is uh, improper distribution of resources. We have black people, we have Latino people that are on the street, we have white people that are, are not feeling that love right now 
as it relates to opportunities and resources for those that have been historically disenfranchised, uh, those that are unhoused, that are living on the street, those that are couch surfing. And it's more than just the money for the Bring Chicago Home, which is a whole nother, again, a whole nother conversation I'd love to talk about, but they're feeling neglected. They feel like we're continuing to open the door and letting everybody else in. You know, I call ourselves sometimes the waiter, you know, or the butler, because we're constantly opening the door, even though we're the ones that opened the door for civil rights in the first place, it was black people. And now we're opening the door, letting everybody else in. Uh, Latino people, the Asian people, all sorts of, of, of causes that come before us now. And now here comes the migrant crisis. You know, when you hear things that people start putting on, on social media, hey, they're getting $9,000 for six months of rent. They're getting this, they're getting work visas. And we're like, what about the people that are here? What about the people that are, are begging for these same types of resources for decades, for eons? And they're not getting that same type of treatment. I don't, it's nothing against the Venezuelans and the others that are coming here. I feel horribly bad for those, particularly the children that I see in front of police stations running around just with a diaper on, a little, you know, and, and just not being in a stable environment for them to grow and thrive. Uh, we all feel that way. We all want to help. But at the same time, you know, sometimes we get to the point where there's no more room at the end. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Monroe, do you want to add anything to that before I let Rod go? I, n- not really, because he, he's he, he's right. I think uh, on this issue is that, and, and I could understand the concern for the immigrants, uh, but I find it interesting that they're not putting them, not interesting, predictable, that they're not putting them in Lincoln Park or even Hyde Park, you know, I mean, they're putting them, uh, they're putting them with other poor people without giving the poor people anything to make them feel appreciated. Although my road, they took 50th on the lake though. Yeah. Oh they, yeah. 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 They, uh, and they have, a. Uh, I, I just, I had uh, all the woman, uh, Lenny Mount of Hopperworth. She was on the show. We did it the first Tuesday last night. She was saying there's some in our award and, uh, uh, and uh, Brandon Riley's dealing with a proposal to uh, to have a hotel in his ward. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, I'll, 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 these I'll, are failed businesses, right? Yeah. Uh, well, one is a park district house, uh, field house, etc. Listen, uh, Rod, I, I'm going to repeat what I I say every time, and I'm just a broken record in this, and I really don't care. From the get go, from the get go, in my humble opinion. This should have been pitched as an opportunity for Chicago and an opportunity for black Chicago. And let's build some housing. Let's put black people to work doing it. And they should have been up front and open about it. With Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. So, this is, we're going to help black people. I mean, why are people afraid to say that, Rod, in this city? Well, we're going to help ask, black people. How, how many black, or for that matter, how many Latinx people are receiving contracts for the migrant situation of where we're spending $30, $40 million a month? Everybody I've seen was, you know, don't no disrespect, was Lily White. <laughs> Everybody I've seen so far involved in making the money part uh, was white and out of state for yeah. a lot of them. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't and, know. I don't know. This city really just frustrates yeah. me sometimes. All right, Rod. Sorry, I'll let you go back to your day. We're going to take the deep dive on all the national news. It's a pleasure to see your smiling face. Uh, so, uh, Mayor Johnson, if you want, 
Rod Sawyer's phone number. You can call me uh, if you want to. He's ready to be the floor leader. He said it as much on the show. <laughs> and, uh, no, and no, no, no laws or rules preventing him from taking the post. That is correct. <laughs> Although, you know, he just talked about transaction. He probably want to negotiate something with you. So, Oh, uh, yeah. I'm, I, I'm all about negotiation. Uh, so are you a private practice now? That's I'm a private that's practice true. now. I'm uh, about to make an announcement. I've joined a public affairs firm. Uh, we'll be making an announcement in about 20 days from today. Okay. All uh, right. November 28th. All right. Excellent. All right. Uh, well, uh, Rod, thank you very much. Good luck. And uh, we'll be talking to you soon. All right. Oh, thank what, you. What, ben, let me tell him something. Um, okay. I, I, I did a chapter on your father. For, for Dick Simpson's new book that's coming out, Modern Chicago Mayors. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yes, and we should, we should come back because uh, and th and this is ancient history, and there may only be three people who care about it one being Rod Sawyer, the other being Monroe, and the third being me. Uh, I, have, I will go to my grave saying uh, the black community made a huge huge blunder, political blunder, uh, in 1989, 88, when they put all their chips, oh, like half of them put all their chips uh, on Tim Evans. And we got 20 years of daily uh, as a result. And I do believe that uh, had there not been a division coming out of that eight, December 1987 meeting, had by January of 88, Rod Sawyer, uh, the black community, the leaders in the black community rallied around your dad, there would not have been 20 years of daily. I I have no way of proving that, but I believe that. And then it and that's essentially the theme. Am I correct, Monroe, of the essay you wrote? Well, yeah. 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 Uh wish it wrote in somebody else's book, but yeah. Uh, Monroe's a great guy and uh, Monroe very knowledgeable uh young man. Um always appreciated him being around. Wow, Monroe, he called you a young man. That's, that's <laughs> he loved that. Uh, all right, Rod Sawyer, get, uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, absolutely. Thanks, right. guys. That's Rod okay, Sawyer. Right. Right. Uh, Monroe, all right, a lot to talk about from last night. Uh, in the uh, wow, uh, where do we start? We got Ohio, we got Virginia, uh, and uh, we got Kentucky. And so, I'll do the setup. The Republicans were trash talking for. The last month, we're back. We run the show. We're going to win. This is just, we're getting ready for Trump's uh, triumphant return. Joe Rogan, we, Trump's a shoe-in. Uh, they had, and you know, Democrats are some scaredy cats. They immediately go into a fetal position. They're already conceding the election. All these baby boomer Democrats I know, oh, it's all over. Trump's coming back. And then last night, what? Ohio reject uh, the uh, pro-abortion uh, ballot. Uh, a referendum. Uh, Virginia, Democrats take uh, control of the Senate, the state Senate and the state house and Kentucky. Uh, they win uh, the governorship. Uh, even in Mississippi, uh, the Democrat got like 47% of the vote. So Monroe, what happened yesterday uh, in uh, the midterm elections? Go ahead. What happened? And, you know, and, and I'm not even going to be modest about this. <laughs> If you'll recall, yeah. when when the Supreme Court made the decision it made, I told you that there would be a price to pay for that uh, with Republicans. 
but they had upset women. And women are the large, larger voting block, the largest voting block in America. And, and, the, and the idea that um, government was going to tell them what to do with their bodies after 50 years of having uh, the freedom to make that decision themselves was going to hurt Republicans, particularly next year. But we, we, we've seen it happen every time uh, a special election came up, the uh, pro-choice pro uh, politicians won, and the, the um, pro-life politicians didn't. And so it's just a continuation of that trend. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, there has, been, I think there have been seven contests so far. And um, in every incident, instance, the pro choice yeah. people won, the so called pro lifers lost. And of course, I'm always. Um, amazed that um, the conservatives claim to be pro-life until um, it's, uh, somebody's committed a crime that they think is atrocious, that they, yeah. they want them hung, or in Vice President Pence's case, just because he didn't do what they wanted him to do, yeah. they wanted him hanged. Or when these children that they assist should be born or once here, they don't want to do anything for them. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, the contradiction uh, between their so-called belief, uh, the sanctity of human life, uh, and then the way they treat uh, people who are actually walking around living uh, is sometimes breathtaking. Uh, it's really hard to take. You, you know, Monroe was kind of a, um, I mean, okay, you got to, I guess, distinguish Ohio from uh, Virginia to some degree, uh, because Virginia, there was actual uh, electoral contests where the Republican pitted against a Democrat. Uh, the Democrats were triumphant uh, in a state in which abortion was an issue, uh, because if the Republicans had taken control of both houses uh, in Virginia with the Republican governor, uh, then they would have effectively been able to... Uh, push through uh, just hideously anti-abortion positions. So in effect, it was abortion was on the ballot, but it was actually affecting individual candidates. In Ohio, it was a referendum issue. So what we don't know uh, from the Ohio results is what impact it would have, let's say, in the Senate race, where you have a pro-choice Democrat versus an anti-choice uh, Republican. So in terms of Ohio, the challenge is like, how do you keep that momentum going so that it uh, benefits the Democrats uh, in, in an actual election when it's Democrat? Well, it's, Republican? I, it's it's the whole abortion issue is the main ingredient right now. But there are a lot of other issues. Basically, what, 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 what we're really, the battle is really about is pro-democracy versus uh, pro-authoritarian. The Republican Party 
wants to uh, rule the world like Putin and uh, these other dictators that, that are out there. They, they want to install Trump and let him tell us how we should lead our lives. Uh, because they're, they're, they're afraid of um, people that they don't know how they'll be treated um, or getting in power. And of course, um, they love power. So they, they've enjoyed power. Um, e e even the, the most disadvantaged white man in old America got 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 at, um, close to the front of the line, and everybody else's um, the, the the people that they they are against blacks, Hispanics, um, gays, um, whatever, they they were in the back, and they were quite comfortable with that, and that's not happening anymore. <clears throat> Uh, do you uh, do you read this uh, as this is the obvious question of the day? But I'm going to ask anyway. Do you read this as a uh, bad news, a bad omen for Donald John Trump and the Republican Party? Uh, yes, I do. I have. Um, how, however, um, the Democrats have got to be careful. I mean, they've got to they. they what 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 the Democrats need to do is take Trump and and make him the target. Everybody should be not not talking about whether Biden is too old or not, or whether Biden only did this and he should have done that. I mean, first of all, he's been un, un, underestimated. And his performance is incredible as president. He's done more than any president um, since 1934 when L FDR was in in in, um, in office. And uh, you know, and and if memory serves me right, I said that would happen before he got elected, and it has happened. <laughs> but. But who am I to brag? No, he's said to me only 500 times. <laughs> the problem with you Bernie bros, I think is how you began every sentence. I, I, I did not say Bernie bro was. <laughs> oh, no, no. Although the thought may have crossed my mind. Uh, I believe <laughs> that, that was my restraint. I, anyway, I, okay. But the, the thing is, right now, the Democrats need to be running against Trump. Trumpism, mm -hmm. and they ought to be citing these things, and in in individual human um, mm -hmm. elements levels, not talking numbers. You know about how the, um, uh, the unemployment is under four percent, and uh, the G GPD is. Uh, uh, at over four percent a year, and all, all this, they, they they need to be talking, um, just kitchen table. I, I listen, man. I okay. We'll get into this now because this yeah. is on my mind. Yeah. Uh, and we're we're, we're we're okay. So we're a year out. 
Yeah. That's the most important thing to think, folks. We're got a lot of things are going to happen between now, right. and, which I don't even want to speculate, but just let your imaginations roam, everybody. Okay. A lot can happen between now and to put it mildly, we have the two leading candidates are both up there in years. Let's just start with that one and let it right. sit there for a while. Think about it, people. So a lot can happen. Right. Uh, that said, nothing has changed, in my humble opinion about uh, the state of our political, uh, of state of politics in the United States of America right now. There's just an article in the New York Times about this. All the economic indicators are pointing up right now. Right. Uh, and it's very similar moment to uh, the lead into the 1984 election when Ronald Reagan won a huge landslide based on his ability uh, to bring back the economy. Now, if you applied the same rules that for uh, to Biden that uh, were used for Reagan, where it was just the economy, it would be a landslide for Biden. Those rules are blown up, Monroe. They don't exist anywhere. That world doesn't exist. You got Fox TV, as you've pointed out many times, preaching to uh, roughly I don't know forty percent of America. You and I bicker over the number. A huge chunk of America that no matter what will never vote Democrat, no matter what. Obama can give them health care. Obama can bring back their jobs. Obama and Biden, you know, can have infrastructure bills, whatever. They're never going to vote Democrat. It's so, just- you know, okay, part of the problem is, um, and, and I understood why Biden chose Bidenomics as a name for what he was doing. But um, the difference is o- Obamacare came from the enemy, not from uh from Obama. Obama didn't initiate the idea of Obamacare as a name. And and the the, the problem with um, Biden boasting about um, Biden um, Biden uh, economics is that a lot because of inflation, a lot of people don't feel it. You know, I I've, I I'm a, fairly well-off man, and I get pissed off when I go to the grocery store and see the prices of things. So, I mean, how how much inflation has impacted groceries? I used to sometimes spend half that amount on our products. So, while the economy, in fact, is in really good shape, um, the average person doesn't feel it enough for him to um, be taking credit for and i would say the same was true in 1984 yeah there there was 1984 there was so much dislocation in chicago i had just moved to chicago so there the uh oh my god industries were closing people were out of work the unemployment rate in the city of chicago leading in like in 82 and 83 was over it was approaching 20 percent. i want to say 20 percent uh and uh in some neighborhoods uh, and even when the recovery happened, it was lagging behind. So there was huge chunks of the city that hadn't caught up yet. Huge chunks that were bottoming out. Nobody said that. Nobody cared about the, the people who were, it was like, oh, it's morning in America. And part of that I'll stand by is that you did not have a powerful beacon, if you will. I don't even know if that's the right word. A, a amplifier broadcasting to 40% of the po- population uh, that up is down and down is up. 
Yeah. And it's, we didn't have a propaganda machine. Uh, no, if, 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 if you had Fox uh, during Watergate, Nixon would have had a second term. Or oh, what? my God. He, he would have never he been impeached. He never well, he did get a second. He would have, yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about a, a, a full yeah. to, to experience. He got elected, but he, yeah. he had to leave. No, and, and they would have uh, turned Spiro Agnew into a hero. Spiro right. Agnew was Nixon's vice president, took right. money in an envelope in the White House, you know, a crooked deal. He had to step down. If they had Fox today, they'd make him out to be a victim of overzealous prosecutors. Right. And uh, so it's a different world. It's a different. It's just it, it, like all the rules are gone. And so as a result, to me, you don't run a campaign based on 1984 where I've done more for you, you take, it's negative world. What's the biggest negative uh, in the world right now for people who are just uh, from the center to the, the left? Donald John Trump. Right. Nothing has changed since 2016, Monroe. Right. He's still the most powerful figure in America today. Not in America, in, in that part of America. No, but I'm just saying in terms of the – nobody burns in anybody's brain. Do you know any Democrat that loves Biden as much as they hate Trump? Uh, yeah, I know a few. Really? I don't know any. I've never heard anybody go, I love Biden. Uh, you know, Trump's irrelevant. He, when I, he is – to me, he's the most, still the most prominent player in uh, national politics right now. I think Joe Biden will get more votes for running against Trump than he'll get for being Joe Biden. Oh yeah, no, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's that's for sure. But they are. No, the thing is, okay. For example, um, for some reason, Democrats and Republicans think that um, Biden is an old man and three years younger than Biden. Trump is not. Okay, and we've and you know what? The, the, I've actually find this conversation very interesting because it gets it gets at the heart of how we measure uh, age and, and, and like our. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Joe Biden is slow and he moves really slow. Right. If you notice he like shifts his head really slow and he he responds slow. And a lot of it is just you know he's had that lifelong problem of stuttering, so he has to really concentrate on what he says. And I, I have a lot of sympathy for him. And I got to do the same thing. I got to really think about what I'm going to say because I dyslexia. I can reverse things. So you, it's harder for us. <laughs> it's, uh, and uh, Donald Trump doesn't have that. He just babbles and he moves his hands and he's, it's saying absolute nonsense. Yeah, right. No, and he, no, and he <laughs> yells and screams and what have you. So they think he's a fighter. These people, they think he's, a, you know, this guy's tough. He does, you know, he says, whereas uh, Biden is is measured, and he 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 speaks with wisdom. Uh, and uh, so they they think he's old, or they, well, and, and the, the uh, Fox and and the uh, right wing activists keep um categorizing him stereotyping him as an old man uh, and I, I feel uh that democrats get gaslit and and uh it's i mean it's pretty obvious uh the impact of trump so and fox so that 
like for instance, I, it, like, so many Democrats coming into yesterday's election were like telling me, not you, yeah, not you, but others, like a lot of boomers. It's over. Trump's won it. It's nothing we could do, which is exactly what they were saying in 2019. Right. Anyway, they, they, <laughs> they believe whatever, even though they say they don't watch Fox, they like believe what they hear on Fox. You know, right. Right. Gaslit. You know, with this age thing, um, MSNBC last week ran a series of um, quotes from Trump that are, were obviously, I mean, a couple of in a couple of rallies, he was running against Obama. He's confused, and he thought he's running against Obama instead of um, in, in in the last election instead of Biden. I mean, um, he, he 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 gets mixed up on what city he's in, uh, and everybody just shrugged and said, "That's Trump," you know. When Biden when when Biden makes that type of mistake, then that's that's broadcast as yeah. See how old he is. Yeah, he doesn't know this or he doesn't know that. Right. And, yeah. and they ran a series of things that Trump has screwed up. Yeah, uh, you are preaching to the choir here. I know exactly what you're talking about, and I just I uh, just shake my head. But here's the other thing, uh, and and. Uh, this gets to the heart of what motivates Democrats. So the New York Times um, on Sunday, I think it was, had their poll uh, that showed that Trump was beating Biden uh, in many uh, key swing states. Right. Okay. So immediately that sent. <laughs> oh, my God, my baby boomer Democratic friends. They just, they were just devastated. You know, and they, get, and they want to get rid of Biden. Yeah, you know, the only the only person in the world who has proven that he could beat Trump. <laughs> the only person. It's all right, man. Like, so right. And, and you and you get rid of him. Yeah, no, that's the baby boomers. Oh, I'm so scared. Oh. <laughs> Three years make a difference. And, and, and you know, you can't even like you can't tell. Uh, a scared baby boomer, anything, Monroe. You can't talk to him. So I'll say, you realize you were saying the same thing in 2019, and it's different. What is different? Yeah, right. you were, 91 you, counts. That's what's different. 91 counts. Oh, I'm a scared. I'm so scared. I'm a baby boomer. You know, and in, the, in that poll that they're worried about, uh -huh. and concerned about, Yeah. Um, one of the... the um, facts that was underreported was that these same people who would, would um, vote for Trump, 6% um, um, of them said if he's convicted of a crime, they wouldn't vote for him. And that, and that changes everything in and of itself. That means Biden becomes president. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, that's 6% because Trump will be convicted. All right. So now when you say let's go with it. right now, the, the hottest trial on Trump, it's got four that he, he will be eventually. Uh, he's under indictment in four instances. Yeah. Uh, the one in New York, which, uh, by the way, I saw Jim Coogan last night at first Tuesday. We're going to bring him on to t do the uh, uh, the deep dive on it. Uh, but um, 
is the business fraud case, which I, I, I just, in so many ways, it's so um, illustrative of the double standard that exists in this country. And it's happening, by the way, in the city of Chicago right now with Ed Burke, the bending over backwards to accommodate powerful defendants. Well, right. uh, right. okay, you right. said white man, yeah, yeah right. right, white man. I yeah. mean, come on. The Trump is getting away with stuff. They Bobby Seale did not even do a, a tenth of this. And Judge Hoffman had a bounding gagged. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> oh my God. Trump is right. trashing the judge, trashing the clerk. Trashing- well, you know, they, well, one of the theories is that Trump is doing this because um A, they have him left to right. I mean, he is so obviously guilty. That is, I mean, there's no wiggle room for that. And B, uh, so he he he's doing it so that his crowd will get all worked up. Yeah. And 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 um, it, it'll be it, once 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 he is he he's um, he receives some sort of um, well, what, let's say he's jailed. As part of the mm-hmm. gag rule, because breaking the gag rule, which he does every day, every chance he gets, then this will further convince his people mm-hmm. that um, they're just out to get him. You know, what other president has ever been put in jail for <laughs> speaking his mind, practicing his rights? Yeah. I uh, I hear what you're saying. I think this is more about the, the political end than the judicial end. Oh yeah, uh, no, he can't win the judicial. End. Yeah, he has so, no chance. Yeah, uh, and uh, you're absolutely correct in that one. Uh, and ultimately, uh, he feels that being uh, elected president in uh, November of 2024 is his get out of jail card. And so he'll probably try to stall absolutely every uh, every possible verdict that would put him in jail. Yeah, he. He's trying that, but every everybody's figured out his game now, so they're not playing it. Yeah, it's just remarkable to me that in America, the guys, all these cases mounted against them, uh, each one with an abundance of evidence, right. uh, would still be so high in the polls. I'm like, that's what I'm saying. Things have changed. All the rules that governed in '84 with Reagan or in '72 with Nixon, they're all out. They're all gone. It's a different right. era. Right. But uh, by the way, we got to we got to ask you about this. Uh, your old friend from the Tribune. I smile when I saw this. Uh, David Axelrod. I may have told you that I told you this earlier before we went on the mic. I tweeted yeah. out Democrats should uh, reconsider uh, Joe Biden. I had a smile when I said that. I go, he's up to something. <laughs> your old friend Axelrod. He's up to something because you know that just i don't know where it came from but it was like what do you you got a, you got another candidate in the race david that you're not telling us about that you uh you know what i'm saying monroe it didn't just come from uh either that or he's shopping for one <laughs> yeah <laughs> because he does he doesn't have biden that's for sure yeah so. uh final thing tonight i didn't even know this until you told me this is how obsessed i was ladies and gentlemen with what's going on in chicago there's so much going on in the world today uh and i i just completely uh overlooked the republican debate and uh will you be watching uh yeah i will i will because this is the thing is 
what are they going to debate? You know, everybody's position has been on the debate stage is that they should be president because by uh, Trump can't win. Yeah. That they they were Trump light, a Trump like, but they could win the election and Trump has too much baggage. He can't. Well, as it turns out, baggage and all, Trump is beating the living daylights out of these other folks. I mean, so yeah. much so. He he has he he hasn't been to one debate. He's he's skipping the one tonight. He's counter programming, having some rally where he tells the same old lies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we we've heard these things over and over. Uh, and I'm gonna watch it because I want to see whether uh, DeSantis and Nikki. Uh, beat the living daylights out of each other. They're not going to attack Trump, who, who's beating, who, who's way ahead of the polls than either yeah. of them. It's and it is, yeah. They're running for, they're running for second place. The two of them, either to be his vice president, candidate for vice president, yeah. or um, some or something unfortunate should. should happen to him then they can automatically become the front runner yeah no i uh, yeah yeah because trump is 77 years old so let's let's put it this way um this is another example of how all the old rules are thrown out uh in the age of trump uh here are the participants uh chris christie ron DeSantis, nikki haley vivek ramaswamy uh, and Tim Scott is still in there. Right. And uh, this is the senator for South and Carolina. There were 17. Now there are five. Now there are five. Yeah. Uh, and to Monroe's point, uh, the sixth candidate uh, who is in the race but will not be on the stage is the front runner, Donald Trump, who uh, is so contemptuous of the entire process. He doesn't believe he has to show up at the debate and he has not in any way suffered in the polls as a result. Right. Uh, and so uh, instead of attacking Trump, uh, what they all do is attack each other, right. uh, and they're all hoping that the uh, the prosecutors are successful uh, in in convincing a jury to uh, convict Trump of something or other that throws him in jail or forces in, him in time before the primary. Yeah, hurry up! <laughs> yeah, because 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 once he's won, then um, he 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 could be in a uh, in the hamburger suit that the out. The bandit, the the bandit suit. Yeah. Uh, he could be dressed in that. He could be dressed in prison orange, and his people are still going to vote for him. It's absolutely true. Uh, and uh, so that what we're really hoping for is that uh, the rest of the country has not lost its its freaking mind. And I still. Uh, no matter, uh, I still believe that that's the case. This, I don't care what the New York Times poll showed. You know, that is a flawed poll in many ways. I just, uh, there's a lot of factors at play. And like I said, a lot can happen in a year, but uh, I have a hard I have a hard time believing uh, that a majority of voters in this country, a majority of voters, I will support Donald Trump. But uh, all right, Monroe, that's enough for today. And I'm going to let you get some rest and go watch the debate. And we'll talk to you next week. All right. All right. 
All right, very good. That's Monroe Anderson. I also want to thank Rod Sawyer for stopping by. It was a blast talking to him. And let's thank producer Chris. He does an outstanding job. Hey, Chris, give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. Peace and love, everybody. And remember, you can always catch up on previous Ben Jarofsky shows, Benny J bonus interviews, columns from Ben Jarofsky. Sign up for that newsletter that Ben's always writing articles for. You can do all that at chicagoreader.com. You can follow Ben on Instagram. Check out his reels at Benny J Show. And please like and subscribe to The Ben Jarofsky Show on all your favorite streaming and podcasting platforms. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.